Hey, everybody. Hi. I couldn't keep that music playing much longer. I could not wait to get back. We are back after our first two-week hiatus in uh, show history. After 301 shows, six years, Squeezer, we decided to say, you know what? Our first purposeful hiatus. We are not going to just drum out two shows for you while we're away. We'll just take a little break. Yeah. Everyone else I, is on break. This show is about quality. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> After 301 shows, <laughs> all home runs, we decided to take a break. Well, I, w- I would say 209. Like, there's that first one with your script and the structure and our mm, notes. Yeah. I put some work into it. And then I was like, second fuck one. it. They, they, it was a steady climb downhill. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a few weeks ago, Squeezer, I tried what I have. I still have half drinking on my desk here. The Coca-Cola Bite Limited Edition Pixel Flavored Zero Calorie Cola, right? Ooh, fancy. And I said I got uh, two sets from Coca-Cola and I was going to give one away. Well, I said I promised I did a teaser two weeks ago uh, while we weren't here and I, I uploaded it and I said to celebrate your birthday, we'd give it away. And I randomly picked someone who entered and that random person is... Michael Saren on Instagram. They said, I would share with my kids. We love the Starlight flavor. And sorry, but Coke is superior to Pepsi. Had to say it. Fair enough. Nothing to be sorry about there. That's Aaron Michaels, who has Fruity Pebbles, makes Fruity Pebble pancakes. So it looks like they're... So uh, hit me up on our DM on Radiers. Aaron Michaels, Michael Saren. Um, if it's two of you or one of you, whoever, and let me know where to send it and I will ship it out ASAP. But in the meantime, I have a new limited edition flavor of Coke here in my, in front of me and I wanted to get it out of the way so I could taste it and then pour my beer. <laughs> that's why oh, okay. I'm, that's why I started the show off this way, Squeezer. Do you, do you, do you have enough beer though to get you through the show? I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. So this is the artist marshmallows limited edition uh, Coca-Cola. Uh, I'm out. Well, I like Marshmallow. I, I don't like real. Uh, He's a good uh, artist. Oh, like I thought you meant like no, it's the artist Marshmallow. Like marshmallow I, I saw I him. I saw him play at um, yes. uh, Governor's Ball, and this is a zero calorie cola, and it's a watermelon strawberry flavored, uh, and other natural flavors. Watermelon strawberry flavored. Co- Interesting. Right. So here, let's give it a good crack let's get that fully. like i i have the, my favorite i like the watermelon strawberry mio that i like to put in my water all you right know what well, i can do well, I'll, I'll put one in a coke tomorrow and see what it does a coke zero all right this is a coke zero sugar all right here we go here's here we're gonna try test it right here in the show ow Ooh, good foley doesn't smell that good <laughs> it smells like exactly <laughs> like the bite smelled kind of all right let's go for a taste You're gonna short the mic out when you spit take all over it. It kind of tastes like the bite. It's okay. It's good. There's a strawberry aftertaste, and you see you taste the watermelon. There. Would I ever buy this again? 
No, and I don't have any to give away. You're going to have to f go to your a Wawa yourself and find one. <laughs> or you a, can make your own, like I'll try doing tomorrow. Yeah, there's a very heavy strawberry aftertaste. All right, now that that's out of the way, i got to clear the palate. God. It's like recycling. He's... Oh, you're dry this week. This is... This ha haunting uh, no, I'm face. just not drinking. I'm just not drinking beer. You told me dry. You used the term dry. Yeah, well, that changed. <laughs> I needed one drink for the show, so you know. Uh, I had to go to Lowe's to pick up more paint. The liquor store is on the way. They had what I like in stock, so I got a bottle. Are, are you gonna share with um, everybody how you uh, plan to take Lowe's down with your racket, your scam? Yeah. All right. So here's the deal. Now, don't tell anyone, okay? Especially don't, like, say this out on the internet. But you order paint. And, you know, you get it custom tinted. Then you accidentally forget it. Like, I actually actually did accidentally forget it on a shelf somewhere. And didn't realize I didn't even check out with it until the next day. You were looking for it. I'm like, where the fuck's this paint? You checked the receipt. It's not there. I'm like, motherfucker. I never bought the paint. It's somewhere in the store. I go, I know. I bet they put it on that shelf with all the, like, pre-mixed stuff that people didn't want or didn't turn out right. I usually get that anyway because, you know, you never know. You might need good paint, free paint. So I look, and look, exactly. There is my can. They put it on that shelf, and it's half off. So from now on, I'm going to go and buy paint, leave it on the shelf, come back the next day, and get it for half off. I sure, I'm sure they won't catch on anytime soon. Yeah, Lowe's makes you want to think, though, you're, like, hurting the poor... Paint. <laughs> just like how they put that warning in front of the movies that you're hurting the grips no you're yeah. not the no, grips are getting not. paid no matter what you're hurting the rich greedy studio moguls who never yes. who've, who've never made a movie that's made a profit in Hollywood's history no so they'll have you believe yeah it was probably the poor lady like that that mixed it they probably go back and find it and like yeah. take it out of her pay you're fired you old bitch she was very nice. She had purple hair. All right, well. It might have just been tint. <laughs> All that free tint. Uh, yeah, so I got a nice little bourbon to, to sip throughout the show. Hmm. What bourbon Good did you boy. purchase? Uh, Clyde Mays. It's, it's my personal uh, selection of choice. Selection of choice, is that a thing? Clyde de Mays. Never Cly Clyde it. Mays. Clyde Mays. Clyde Mays. Sounds like something you have to reach up for on that high shelf. Yeah, it's up there on the top of this was it went up to it used to be I used to get it for like thirty five something. It was like forty two or something today. It's fucking brutal. God damn, that's what a handle of mine costs. <laughs> <laughs> but mine mine has a uh, a cork, so it's kinda fancy. You pull it off it goes boom. Well yeah, so does mine. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's only mine. twenty bucks. Oh, yeah, well, I got I got fancy tastes. I guess so. That's good. Yeah, I, I'm being a good boy. I'm almost there. So. And then I can let myself go. Oh, this fall is going to be fantastic. The fa the the fall of the fall where I completely fall off the wagon and, and Pump double in size by Christmas. He's going to pumpkin spice himself. <laughs> <laughs> pumpkin spice squeezer. That's delicious. Pumpkin spice, sque pumpkin spice squeezer? Yeah, I want one. Oh, oh yeah. 
the, all the Halloween stuff's already coming out. As soon as the 4th of July is over, it's like, yeah. Hey, so we got Mean Gene Ish is always in the house and uh, Chasing Plastic. They're all welcoming, welcoming us back from our hiatus. Um, ah, this is what it's like to be a teacher. Yeah, yeah, we had a summer break. Yeah. So uh, I went to, uh, we did not get to go on our long trip, but Aww. we were able to um, salvage and go to Atlantic City, see the Dirty Heads, one of my nice. favorite bands, eat at Guy Fieri's. Uh, and one of my Christmas uh, Christmas birthday presents was the the Blink-182 did a crossover with Guy Fieri and Flavortown. They made an apron and a T-shirt. <laughs> I got that. I got a, a, a two-up of Razor, like I have the two-up of um, Shawn Michaels. It's like, it's like someone did their homework on you. It's yeah. like, what can we combine to sell him? Yeah, right. He'll buy it if we just get it right. Well, let's put uh, Guy Fieri and uh, uh, the Blink-22 together. Oh, he's in. <laughs> He'll buy everything. They only made two items. I was will- willing to buy more. Um, I got my... I, so last... June, while we were at Penn State, not this past one, the one prior, a whole year and change ago, a zombie sailor, a, f- a good friend, a longtime friend, sold me your Bob the Goon figure that I gave you years ago. Ah, yes. Um, he finally put up his his uh, Heels and Faces Hasbro line to mimic the Hasbro WWF figures from the late 80s, early 90s. And they went for presale, and I finally got them uh, around when I got back from my birthday, and they are fucking beautiful may my god did he do a perfect job if you slept on these don't sleep on series two if you want to get some solid uh, oh god i just love these figures so much i'm gonna try and do a video i don't want to unbox them they're, they're on they're on cards and they're so pretty and i want to keep them there forever but if i unbox them and put them in my curio cabinet at work squeezer i don't think you can they're too pretty i I'm saying if I did, you wouldn't know yeah. they weren't part of the line. That's how well they're done. Like, they're way better than the Mattel retros that mm-hmm. they attempted to do, uh, which I like, but they weren't that good. They're be- There's some guy in England does retros, and they're, they kind of suck. Um, these are the best. Uh, Zombie Sailor. Uh, congratulations. Good friend. On your line, he. I remember him telling me his plans when he was selling enamel pins of like the orange car guys. He's like, I'd really love to do a toy line one day, and look where he is. Dream big, kids. Mm-hmm. Like it's anyone's possible. It's it's because of the internet. Like selling is, you know, it's possible. It's people are willing to. Yeah, you don't need that middleman anymore no. to say. No, you would, you have someone in a suit and tie. Not saying that's a bad thing, but that has no interest in your product telling you that people won't be interested in it. Yes. God, that Sabu is so cool. Yeah, yeah, they're really cool. I have them all, right? I'm trying, I hope Izzy's not laying in them right now, but they're right there. I uh, I also have a Dan Housen coming to me. I think I got two Dan House. I only bought one of the first line, because like, to buy all six figures, it was like $400. And or it was like $200. And I don't know why I didn't buy both two sets because I'm an idiot. One to unbox and one to keep. Or fuck, one, uh, they're going on eBay for like 200 a piece. I could have bought one and, or three sets, sold one three, set. Three, and then, yeah. Unboxed one, 
and then paid zero dollars because that's how much people are willing to pay for these. But I bought two Denhausens and I bought two Jeff Jarrett's and I got them. Fuck. Back in the summer at some point, he put those up for sale. So they're coming soon. And then series two is coming soon too. Don't sleep on that. You can no longer get series one unless it's eBay. You can no longer get Denhausen and Jeff Jarrett orange card. There are, uh, that sales over. Those are out to pasture. So, you miss those, you're going to have to be paying uh, uh, eBay prices. So you're not going to want to miss Series 2 when he puts it up for sale. He said uh, the lead time is going to be much shorter on this second series than it was the year-long lead time on uh, the first series. But uh, to get it right, you spend the time, you take the time, and you, you do it right. You get the whole set. She'd kill me. We don't really collect them anyway, so... No. But they're kind of cool. I'm speaking to the royal you, not you. Yeah, the royal you. Okay. Specifically, Squeezer. I'm not trying to guilt you into buying these. No, (laughs) no, no. The fans should should get them. But uh, Jake's going to be very jealous when I get Danhausen because he's now AEW All Elite. And Jake's the biggest All Elite mark on the planet. Well, he's the biggest everything, so... He is sorry-ish. Not... Oh, coming sorry, to Texas, yeah, well, not coming to Texas quite yet. Um, I'll get there though. I'll get there. It's just uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors, uh, but it probably costs me less to you know rent a private jet than to drive to Texas. <laughs> um, fuel prices are high. Oh, so so Monks- jet fuel. Amongst other things, we're, we uh, we we can hike. I'll come with you. We'll hike. Well, I'll hike. Um, also, Squeezer, we've kind of haven't started an endeavor at work. Well, I mean, I kind of started an endeavor at work that is a very big leap. An endeavor. It is something. <laughs> uh, I'm more nervous now than I've been. I've been very confident, and now with two weeks Good. out, I'm very nervous uh, that it's going to be a massive failure. <laughs> Something, something, if you don't care, if you're not scared. Some fat asshole used to say that. He got that from me. Uh, Oh, okay. Well, some skinny asshole used to say it, then some (laughs) fat asshole stole it. Co-opted it. Yeah. And fucked it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was one of those things I used to shove in his face when he's like, what, are you scared? And I just ah, I threw you. logic in, just like when he said the dream team, and I threw that quote in his face, and he didn't know what to say. <laughs> Whenever you throw a glimmer uh, of intelligence at a moron, um, yeah. But no, this is a big swing, you know. Uh, I might bankrupt myself, but my own money into it too. Uh. <laughs> Of course, Ish. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, um, I'm not. I'm not picking on you and your wife. But of course, in Scranton, would be the one place where they hold a calligraphy invention. Uh, ish. Howard With Stern. All due respect. Howard. Howard Stern might go to that. He talks constantly about watching YouTube videos about journaling, and he owns many different fountain pens and journaling and. Uh, uh, writing all pretty, but if you go to the calligraphy, if she goes to the calligraphy convention in Scranton, we're only an hour south 
have her just drop you off here. You could stay yeah. here. We could go to Yakos. <laughs> or you know what? We'll meet halfway up the Turnpike. We'll have we'll go what? to a Roy Rogers at like the Turnpike rest stop. Hazelton we'll there for a bit. Get yeah. some pizza at Old Forge. I, I do like I, I'm not one for because my handwriting looks like a serial killer. In fact, they even said the way I make my K's like I am six. Like they expect me to commit a horrible crime at some point in my life. But the pens themselves, I'm a fan of, like the woodworking and the turning of them. Oh, yeah. Since devices. Speaking of, since I've gotten you that iPad, you've become more and more scary the way you walk around with it. <laughs> oh yeah, it makes me feel important. Uh, you know me. I, I like I like two things. I like I like making lists. I like checking things off that list, and I like taking notes. And it's like the perfect little. I my paper clutter pile is gone. I, that's why I like my iPad, and that's why I told you I like it, because um, I hate paper and, and, and writing on paper, but I like, if I write something down, I, I have a better chance of remembering it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really, I don't even have to look it back up again. Yeah, I, like, that's I, like how, like, no, with this show, like, I would I write mean, all these notes on paper, and then I would never look at them in the show, but it's but you, you need head. you need them there. You always freak out if you don't have your notes. Oh, uh, yeah, but, but it's the process together. of writing it kind of burns it into your brain, at least short term. I just did a squeezer impression oh. and yeah. nothing. Sorry. I, no, I didn't. Putting my notes together. <laughs> oh, wow. Let me get my notes. <laughs> but it's it's endearing. As I lose weight, does my tongue get less fat, or does that stay the same way? I don't know how that works. You're ah, slimming shit. down. What's your your goal shit. is to lose another what? Uh, I don't know. I, I realistically, what I should I should I th- it's both something ridiculous. Like it should be like another sixty five or something. Oh, you would be nothing by my BSI. B no, not BSI. That's a hiring company. Uh, BMI. Yeah, apparently I'm supposed to be like 145, which is just absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can get back to 165 where I was, I, I'd be a happy boy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I wanted to. I wanted to be sub 200 by my birthday, and uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna happen. So. Oh, you are. Well, your birthday is Friday, right? Friday. Yep. And it's... I am. I literally. I was at 200.2 this morning. It's essentially. And with all that. Sweating and working and calorie cutting tomorrow. today. Essentially tomorrow, because it's we're an hour out from Thursday. Oh, people are going to hear this. Aside from our friends here live with us, people are going to hear. Yeah. Um, it's the Squeezer birthday show. Squeezer birthday show. You're going to. And it's the, the RK sh- birthday show because we were gone when you had yours. Oh yes, yes, my birth, my fortieth birthday. Yay! <laughs> that's yay, yay. something that's fun to celebrate. No, Ish, you don't have to send me anything. You want to send jerky? Jerky's fine. But the beaver nuggets, they sat there on my desk for more than a month. And it's all about moderation. So they kind of sat there, and I would just pop, like, two or three. And initially it was painful, but uh, it was a nice little, like, ah, that's nice. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah, the first time I got one, I ate the whole bag in, like, a day. We are going to have another week off. Uh, during Music Fest, we're not going to do a show that week, Squeezer. Yeah, it's going to be a little cray-cray. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, so that will be the... Um, let me do the math. So Music Fest starts on the 5th, the Friday. So the 6th is a Saturday. The 7th is a Sunday. The 8th is mm-hmm. a Monday. 
9th is a Tuesday. The 10th, there will be no show. 10th to 11th, that week of the 10th, no show. But then we'll be back the following week um, with a show. <laughs> what? Uh, so what shows did we finish? We finished... Uh, did we, we talk about Stranger Things, obviously. We talked about... Uh, did we, though? Yeah. I don't feel like we... We did. did a show in July. I know, but I feel like we didn't. Uh... Wait a second. Hold on, I'll tell you let's, when. We... Let's calendar this shit. Well, I have, I so have, we didn't... I can look at the file and tell you when we updated. No, we wouldn't. Have. Our last show would have been the 29th. Oh shit! It was June 30th. Yeah. Um. We didn't. F- fucking beautiful. It was epic. It was a good ending. I really enjoyed it. Well, it wasn't. It was, it was, I mean, the Duffers said it was going to be their Empire Strike Back season, and it was mm-hmm. their Empire Strike Back season. Yeah. It was great. It, and, but it gave you closure, but yet setting it all up for next season, which, like, it. it yeah, it was like knowing it, when you. It, it, was, it was actually satisfying. Knowing when you have to end, I guess, is good. I think every season ending for the. Um, for not rad years, our season endings are awful. But for uh, for Stranger <laughs> wait, Things wait, wait. have been satisfying. Our season ending would have been that 29th show. So we did. We have 300 episode seasons. So that was this is season two now of the rad years. <laughs> this is our season debut. <laughs> we we're, we're on like a Power Rangers kind of schedule. We do 300 episode seasons. That was He Man's like first season. Uh, like, he Man's like that too. Yeah, the original um, series. We're gonna. We're gonna race and uh, gender swap uh, you and I out. Uh, <laughs> so it'll be Enchantress and Mrs. Squeezer. Yeah, yeah, they'll, yeah. They'll just talk about how much. I think people would listen if if they did a show where they talked about how much they can't stand us and our what we talk about here. Oh, it would be great. Yeah. It would be great. And how much Enchantress would say, "I hate the lunch lady." <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I will, I will post on, um, our Instagram as much as I can behind this. I should get, I should get one of the the kids, the interns to man, <laughs> to man the rad Just ears. follow me around. Yeah, please go follow here. <laughs> take my phone. Here's the rad ears account. Go follow squeeze around and document everything he eats. I, I gotta be a good boy. I can only, I can't go so crazy i I, i'm boosting my cat like i'm gonna like whatever okay here's a question 200 calories a day kind of thing could you get an order of poutine yes and eat like yes i can a quarter of it and then no see that's that's what that's how i stay the way i am i now i can't get a case of summer ale and not finish it but i can get a case i can't get 20 cases of summer ale and not finish them all but I can't. I can get an order of poutine. I told you. So uh, Enchantress and I. For... You got a barbecued chicken. Took two bites and said, "Please put this in the trash." <laughs> and <laughs> and please make make sure those guys in the back or the homeless man around the corner. Just please make sure it goes directly <laughs> in the trash. In fact, make them watch. We were uh, so we went to New York for Enchantress's birthday. Happy birthday! She had a, a birthday on the fourteenth. Bastille Day, Squeezer. Oh. Uh-huh. So we went up and to New York City because it's it's and I, it boggles my mind because you have to drive through Philly to get to Atlantic City, obviously, Squeezer, and it's, and it's like it's so much easier to get into New York than it is Philly, and it's, New York's a little bit further, but man, yeah, 
New York's a breeze getting into. We got out of and where we stayed. Well, they have more than one road going. Right, in. right. So we got we went to Manhattan. We we went to we took a cab to Brooklyn for the Stranger Things experience, which was very cool. Um, if you get a chance to go see it, I highly suggest seeing it. It's fun. If you have kids who are into Stranger Things, they would love it. It's they tailor toward that towards them. Um, uh, we then uh, we went to we walked around she hasn't really seen trucks she ran the marathon not trucks park central park she ran the new york city marathon in november but you know when you're running it you don't really get to see the park so she's like i really want to see central park so i took her up and i showed her like uh and her favorite part was the bethesda fountain where all the turtles come up to the shoreline there ah and um we went up to see <laughs> the the ha- the apartments buildings that like stand in for the Arconia from Only Murders in the Building on 86th Street. Mm-hmm. It's uh, on the on the west side, right off the Central Park West. It's about three Sorry. blocks. So we saw that uh, Only Murders in the Building is season two is fantastic. By the way, it's so it's first season was so great, and this one is is following up Steve Martin and Martin Short and. Um, Selena Gomez have the best chemistry together of any three people on television. It's insane. Um, and then we went to see. Oh, how the fuck was I? Where was I getting at? What was I talking about before? I just went into a hole. I I hmm. I had a hmm. point. Oh, I got it. Hold on, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get okay. There. So the next day, we went to Barcade in Chelsea, Squeezer. Yes, I, I, I saw your uh, your post. Right, they had uh, WrestleMania, WrestleFest, or whatever version of it was. Uh, we played a little bit of that. That's, that. It's the version that it's not the like arcadey looking one. It's the one they made that's like done like Mortal Kombat, like the mocap of the characters. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a Mortal Kombat game. It's not as good as the WrestleFest, where it's like the more arcadey type game. So we played we played games and we ordered some food. So we got appetizers. We got the poutine squeezer and we got the mm. buffalo cauliflower. Mm-hmm. By the time they took them back, they, it didn't look much different from when they served them to us. <laughs> I'm like, oh, squeezer would be so disappointed in us right now. You could have brought it back. Yeah, I know I didn't. But Just put it in your pocket. But that leads me to say, like, if I were to get, like, at Music Fest, like, a serving of poutine, and I got one of from the Flying V before, and I probably yeah. ate an eighth of it, and I'm like, this is too Like, at, at Music Fest or from their storefront? Uh, Music Fest. It was on the south side, though. It was when they only had their truck on the south side. Okay. When I used so to I don't know, because I had it recently, and it's, like, a smaller portion. It also costs less, too. Now I don't know if that's just because of Music Fest markup. Or if they change things around because of the current situations where they actually have smaller portions, or they're actually considerate of other people's health and have smaller portions. What they have now is more than enough. But if they give me a vat of french fries, I'm going to eat them all. Well, I can't, so... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring my little scale so I can weigh all my food out. Oh, no. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be I'll be logging my grams of poutine. Well, I I was gonna say just get it and don't finish it. No. Mm. No, no. I I have I, I I did the math. I should have more than enough room for a poutine, 
and uh, a little little treat here or there or something else. But but what about I, even when the you... last couple of years I haven't gone crazy? Last year you did. <laughs> I did. That's what, by all accounts the way they make it sound. I wasn't with you, but the way they the make way it sound. The... Listen yourself. The way they make it sound. I'd I'd walk over to your who truck. Who are you take? Who are you listening to? Yeah, I guess it's it's, be, it's become like urban legend now. The the yeah, day, I'm not gonna deny it, it's more fun, but uh, it, it turned yes, into there was a day I ate two says, within two hours of itself. Right, and Squeezer made the mistake of like more than one day saying today's the day I'm gonna gorge myself. <laughs> <laughs> so it turned into all ten days were the day Squeezer was gonna gorge himself, and I never did. I believe because they were. here's the thing: once you eat that one massive poutine, you're good. Like it, it like it shuts you down. Yeah. So. All right. Well. Yeah. Well, we'll see until and then, but then there's that that French lady that makes the Belgian waffles with ice cream. Yeah, that was another if, thing that. If she comes back, uh, I'll be up there every day. Too. See, the problem is then, Squeezer, the end of it. We get done, and it's hard to go to bed. So you want to have a couple beers when you get home. Are you going to not have them? Uh, I might have. I I'll leave room for one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll make sure I leave room for one. I'm gonna leave one, room for one case. Oh. Music fest is when I gorge myself with beer. <laughs> oh, so music fest uh, 360 or something. Right. Yeah. 365. What so I originally that, pitched. Yeah, I I know, but you know, again. I wish these people would have gotten to meet him. Uh, what a moron. No, I'm glad they didn't. I wish I never yeah. would have. I, maybe I wouldn't be the way I am without him. No, that's true. You know, if, if, uh, to, to quote um, uh, Ken in the uh, great 1995 uh, martial arts sci-fi epic Street Fighter, I got to thank you, Saget. Sagat. Not Bob Saget, but Sagat. Had mm. I not met you, I might have become you. Mm. See? Mm-hmm. Very insightful film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have become uh, a brain-dead moron, but mm. maybe an asshole. <laughs> he was he was so many things. <laughs> he still probably is. I, I mean, he's not dead yet, so. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, what about uh, Season Enders, The Boys Season 3? Uh, we talked, so Stranger Dude. Things. Stranger Things was great. Um, it was a beautiful ending. Uh, uh, Sadie Sink got fucking robbed. Millie Bobby Brown also robbed to a lesser extent for the Emmys. But fuck the Emmys. What do you care? You're the biggest show. You made Sadie Sink shouldn't give a flying fuck about the Emmys. She made a song that's 40 years old fucking chart again and be played yeah. like every fucking three seconds. I hear it every day in the hall. Right. It is played yeah. every And that's like. I, I talked about that like two months ago when it first started charting. I was like, I heard it on Apple, my Apple Music playlist today. Um, so Sadie Sink, don't fucking, and not that you listen or know anybody who listens to this shitty podcast, <laughs> but if anyone knows her that listens to the shitty podcast, tell her Emmys are, we didn't even enter this year. So yeah. Yeah, fuck them. Go fuck yourself, Emmys. She deserved one. She also, uh, um, the gentleman who played Eddie Munson, the fucking fabulous job. Uh, and don't let's let's not gatekeep Kate Bush and Metallica from the kids who are trying to get into it now. My God, yeah, let them in, let them in, 
Let him in. Uh, I was so excited, too. My mom texted me the other night, too. She's like, oh, yeah, we're going to finish watching Stranger Things. Because, like, that, you know, they're old. So, but they, they watch it, and they watch the next two. And she texts me, like, the next morning. She goes, wow, that was amazing. So I'm having a text conversation with my mom about Stranger Things. See, I had to call her because it takes too long. S- Saturday, we were at my brother's pool, and uh, my mom's there. And uh, she's never watched Stranger Things at all. I'm like, mom. The only reason I get all the references is because of movies you made me fucking watch. Watch. <laughs> this is like a show tailored for my mom. Like, I don't know why the fuck she hasn't watched it yet. Like, she watches fucking all this dumbest crap, and then she doesn't watch this. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, so, The Boys was a great ending. Yeah. Uh, fuck, man. Th- there's another. I guess Boys didn't get snubbed. They didn't premiere in time to make the cutoff. I guess a portion of your season gotcha. has to be out by a certain date or something. Ugh. I don't know. But Anthony Starr, man, give that man the best yeah. actor. He is so haunting as Homelander. Yeah. And it's not in how he like delivers dialogue. It's his it's like that, the, the muscles that in look, his that face. Presence. Where he goes from like one mood to another back Gee. to an like it's it's so it's so good it's so good that show the writing on that show is so good i love the boys i can't wait for more Uh, of it i i think it's the best writing at least of all the shows i watch right now Uh, yeah it's it's tough there's a lot of good stuff because only murders in the building is great writing that's fucking great writing uh stranger things is great writing and uh Miss Marvel was so good. Did you finish Miss Marvel? Did you start Miss Marvel? I, I didn't even start it. Oh my fucking god! So, can I spoil it for you? Yeah, you can go ahead. It's gonna be a while. I got a lot on my plate. So, at the end of the show, um, and, and Kamala Khan is, and the girl who plays her is so, so goddamn charming. She's gonna have a career. So, she's inhuman in the comic books, but. Kevin Feige has a beef against Inhumans. So her friend Bruno's like, I checked your blood. You're different. There's some sort of mutation. And then the music literally goes, and I fucking marked out like crazy. Sick. I went insane. Even bigger than Doctor Strange? Because that is like an Easter egg. Yeah. Because uh, it's multiverse, like it doesn't like. So this is well, well, well and, yeah. So uh, so, Professor X, a guy we've seen play Professor X in four hundred and ten movies, come out <laughs> was cool that he came out in in the cartoon and comic book uh, floating uh, a wheelchair, and that hearing that music cool cue was cool. But I didn't wasn't sure if I heard it or not, and and I may I rewound it back and listened to it like six times. And Enchantress was like, "Yeah, okay, I, I heard it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So, but okay, continue. So, I then I watched the credits to see, and it was the ninety set. They called it the ninety seven X Men theme, and they credited it. So I'm like, it was there. That was it. That was it. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, Miss Marvel, uh, Kamala Khan is the first mutant in the MCU." I guess technically Professor X is because he was in. Um, well, I don't know if they're gonna retcon a 
Scarlet Witch and fucking Quicksilver were mutants, but uh, nonetheless, uh, yeah. the first like mutant, it's really cool. Like, and and the fact that the MCU X Men canon is the fucking ninety two cartoon, what they're calling the ninety seven cartoon, makes it so yeah. much cooler. That is pretty cool. I, I think that's the, that would be the smart way to go because more people have exposure to that. Oh God, no, that's not true at all. What? More people. You know how many millions of people saw those movies? No, no, I no fuck no. Those movies don't count. What I'm ah, saying okay. is, if you had to go between the comics or the cartoon. Oh yeah, okay, okay. More yeah. people have exposure to yeah. the cartoon. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what we've been doing. Uh, watching TV and little nice. vacations. Oh, well, you want to talk about your camping trip? How was that? Uh, we went camping. We were in the woods. Uh, girls watched iPad while sitting at a picnic table, and I sat by the fire and cooked all day. Did a little fishing. Uh, the little one does not like the outdoors. Uh, Mrs. Squeezer does not like the outdoors. <laughs> uh, the big one, uh, she, she had a good time. Was uh, it tent? Time time, but tent very, camping? No, or? no, it wasn't tent. No, we had a cabin, but it was too dirty. So, you know, oh. um, and uh, but no, it was, it was nice. It was, it was, it was a good time. It was nice to get. It, especially, it was like hot as hell here and like miserable. And up there, it's just gorgeous and perfect. And mm. it was, um, it was just nice to get away from. I just I left my phone in the cabin. I kept it charged for emergencies. And Mrs. Squeezer was trying to book a trip to Disney the entire time and like talking numbers with me. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. We are in the woods. We're in the woods. I told you, you married a producer. Yeah, I know. That's why we. That's why we couldn't be gay book married. And, book and schedule. I'm just you, you. I'm just the male version of her. <laughs> I know, well, kinda. Um. <laughs> But no, no, it was a, it was a good time. You gravitate uh, towards a, producer squeezer. Those are the love of your life. I do. I have a thing. I well, because I I live in uh, moderate anarchy. You know, like you come up with a, a quick plan and then assume right from the start that it's gonna go to hell. So you just gotta, you know, figure it out as you go. We had a bear walk right through the camp. A big one too. Uh, yeah, a couple couple squirrels. Big ass squirrels, good eating squirrels. Um, I guess uh, you had some good eating squirrels and some bears. And uh, did you kill any for Jake for lunch? Uh, eating? Sc- no, no, they're high in cholesterol. <laughs> you want to start the show? We're about an hour in. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm out of out of bourbon already, so. Now I'm doing the show dry. There you go. You got oh, your wish. Oh, great. Now we're going to have to pull the show off of YouTube again because the recording stopped. Oh, no. Yeah, I could, we could pull it off of YouTube. I have to wait. I have to. The show won't be uploaded till like, tomorrow afternoon now. God damn it. What happened? I don't Did know. Did a, a cute, adorable little thing uh, push the button? No, I probably fucked it up somehow. I probably, I'm out of memory or something on this computer. Uh, but it's going up to YouTube, so as soon as they allow me to, like, as soon as it, like, goes through all that, uh, who's a what's it, you know, you could, uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, watch out, though, too, because one of my, uh, we might get popped for, uh, 
No, let's live on the edge. Oh, living on the edge. Maybe we just did 44 minutes of show, 30 minutes of show for no reason. Here, yeah, so here, here's the show. Here is Squeezer's first pick. So you saw Thor Love and Thunder? No, not yet. Oh, is this uh Oh my it's all GNR songs. I loved it. I don't know why people hate it so much. I loved it. I also saw uh, Squeezer. Let yeah, me tell you another yeah. movie I saw on my birthday. Yeah. I saw Minions Rise of Gru. How was it? I, I've seen the trailer like a thousand times. I've never seen another Minions or, or Despicable Me movie ever in my life. Uh-huh. I loved it. I laughed so hard. I thought it was fucking hysterical. I loved it. Awesome. It is really good. Kudos to everyone behind that uh, movie, man. That is that was really good. I really loved it. And they're making a lot of money, so good for them. But uh, continue, I, I will let you know because uh, I'm probably going to be going. Oh, shit. We're trying to figure out where we're going to go. Uh, uh, League of Super DC League of Super Pets. Oh yes, twenty ninth. Yeah, we're going too. As soon as as soon as I'm free, like as soon as I get a free night, I can't wait to see that movie. I have to. We have to find like a free. Like we have to go at like eleven o'clock in the morning, because that's like the prime getting you to calm down and watch it. Because in the afternoon, then it, it like, all hell breaks loose. But my little one is obsessed with it. So they went to go see Encanto in theaters when they when it like when it went into theaters after being on Disney plus, they saw it and there was a trailer for league of super pets. And my three year old saw that and a day does not go by when she asked about the doggy movie. Oh. That's all she's obsessed with it. All she wants to see is the doggy movie. When we saw Thor at Becky's, uh, on the eighth, they had, a, they already had a sign out that said July 29th, the DC league of super pets. Ah, that'd be cool. If only if I'm sure they gotta put a dome on that place so you can go during the day. I'm sure Shanks is going to be the come on at night. It's the best part. I love the drive-in. She's three. Yeah, I'll go. But (laughs) my six-year-old can't even make it. We got uh, two minutes into the Lego Movie, and she's like, "Can we go home now?" Sure, it's free. So I don't get that. My parents took us when we were really young. Uh, I don't know. She gets sleepy little thing. That's why you make a bed for him in the bed of your pickup truck, Squeezer. Yeah, but if we're there to watch Lego Movie for free for a PBS thing, and I can either, you know, go home and crush a couple beers while. But you can do that at Shankweilers. Yeah, not with my six-year-old in the car. Why not? It's not responsible. Says who? Policeman, um, <laughs> and my wife. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, I think it was June sixth. 
1992 on Headbangers Ball, of all places, it makes sense, uh, debuted uh, the November Rain music video, which was just epic. It's still epic. And at the time, was it was groundbreaking in so many ways. And I didn't know this. After it debuted on Headbangers Ball, they actually aired it on Fox later that night. Hmm. Because um, it was a pr- it was a pretty big deal. It was nine minutes of uh, just obscene, over the top self indulgence, and uh, pretty much defines uh, it, it. It defines Guns and Roses. I, I I think it was it's over the top, kind of nonsensical, but absolutely awesome. Uh, and it. I didn't realize I, I was reading a whole bunch of stuff on it. I knew there were like all these different stories and there's like legends about it. And like, it was at the time, the most expensive music video ever made. It was like $1.3 million, which mm-hmm. now it's like, you know, right. That that's your entry cost. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and most of the, <laughs> a lot of that money was just pissed away because it was guns and roses. And it was that era of rock bands doing their rock rock and roller thing. So, like, there were days where they'd have full a full set. They'd be in, like, the, uh, the, uh, the theater with, like, the orchestra and stuff. They had an eight-camera shoot. So, eight cameras. Full crew. Lit. Everything. Everyone's set. Waiting for the band to show up. No one shows up. Waiting, waiting. No one shows up. Finally, assistant director walks in. All right, it's a wrap. Go home. Because they just didn't feel like showing up that day. Hmm. So, you know, they had to... And then they lost the location. So they had to find a whole new location. You know, and everyone got paid a full day rate to sit around and do nothing. Well, Ah. not do nothing, but not shoot. It's kind of what television is to begin with. Yeah. But... Now that that was such like that, a lot of that is a bygone era. Like that's not cool anymore. Like now it's just rude. A lot of people like the, the bands and people still get away with it and they still do it. But it's not like no one thinks you're cool because you're standing people up anymore. Like show up and do your job. Um, uh, but yeah, there was the the thing with the cake. Remember when, like, the guy, like, dives into the cake during the wedding for no reason? hmm So, that was never in the script. And at one point, Axel just turns and goes, uh, hey, uh, we should have someone dive into the cake. And, uh, uh, the Andy, uh, Morahan, the guy who directed he's like, why? He's like, oh, it'd be cool. All right. So... It was like they were already done. They wrapped. And so they just shot a guy jumping into the cake. He's like, this makes no sense. I'm not going to put it in or whatever. And so he, they do the full edit. Axe was watching it. And he goes, where's the shot of the guy jumping in the cake? I'm like, fuck. So they had to put it back in to make Axel happy. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, the sla- uh, By far, though, the most epic moment of all of it. And it, it's Slash... Stepping out of the little chapel and just slash doing slash things, no shirt, leather jacket, guitar solo in the desert, mm. 
because well he's Slash and that's what he can do. Uh, they shot it. They had, they had a crane. They had a steady cam, and they had a helicopter. And they said the helicopter they did last, and that after it got so close, and you can actually see it in the video, because you see Slash is playing, and you just see the dust kicking up and swirling, to the point where like that helicopter had to be right over his damn head. And like, okay, we're done. Hmm. Yeah, we don't want to cut Slash in half. Uh, slash, Slash. You don't want to do that. Uh, but I remember seeing this. I don't think... I, I watched Headbangers Ball from time to time. I don't recall watching it then. But once this... Then this video hit and it just played constantly over and over again. Uh, and I loved it just because it was big and over the top and production and... I don't know, it was, it was like the last... It really was kind of like the end of an era, right? Uh, like, kind of, like because, the, the, because Bleach uh, Bleach was out and um, yeah. Nevermind was out or was so, coming yeah, actually, out? So. No, no, it was out. It was out, Smell, yeah. I want to say, I think... Hang on. Oh, I've got the article here. Uh, oh, I even got the quote here. Da, 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 to the band... Fuck you, go away. I would say in utero was the the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. So in utero was September '93. But smells like Teen Spirit actually came out a few months earlier. And when you look at like the production and the price tag and where things were going, uh, like Dave Grohl here in the article, he says. November Rain was a train wreck. I want my MTV, the uncensored story, the music radio. Oh, and, uh, it was, yeah, the grunge when, movement was cheaper and they yeah. went with it. Yeah. Uh, when the musician starts to use the term mini movie to describe a video, it's time to quit. Mm. Um, and, and also it was at that um, MTV uh, Video Music Award where uh, Axel and Kurt Cobain got into a fight offstage. Right after that. So, yeah, it was a changing of guard. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, a whole genre kind of, kind of bowed out after this. Like, this was like the last big, like, power ballad, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I still love it. All right. Well, should we move fun. on? Yeah. Here's my first pick. It's Barcelona. Clock's ticking down. He brings the ball up. Drexler's open on the wing. Great pass from below. USA needs a basket to win. Magic goes to the hoop. Yeah! When USA basketball plays with a dream, they'll wear the uniform champion proudly earned the right to make. It takes a little more to make a champion. I'm talking 1992 Olympics from Barcelona Squeezer. First time I can remember the Olympics being on my radar. Uh, I didn't know what Barcelona was. <laughs> it was Barcelona, Spain. I'm like, what? Barcelona. We, uh, I've been to Barcelona, and I don't. Re- I never heard anyone call it Barcelona. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but. Uh, we walked up to the Olympic Park, and it is gorgeous. And from what we learned while we were there, 
the uh, getting prepared in the Olympics for this uh, city uh, basically transformed it into the paradise it is today. So, huh. and and thirty years later, it's still like you said, it's beautiful. It's not like some of the others. Yeah, right. Uh, where they kind of just they build it and then let it go to hell. So, um, I believe this was the first year. So prior to the 1992 Olympics, FIBA, which is the federal whatever of basketball bullshit, International Basketball Federation, and it's fucking foreigners, specifically prevented (laughs) NBA players from participating in Olympic tournaments. Only amateurs were eligible for the U.S. Olympic teams and were composed of collegiate and at times AAU players. In the 1988 Summer Olympics, the Americans lost to the USSR, and settled for bronze, their worst finish in the history of the tournament. Mm. In 1989, FIBA voted to change the rule and allow NBA players to participate. The vote, 56 to 13, in favor of change. The Amateur Basketball Association of the United States, ABA USA, renamed USA Basketball after the vote, voted against it due to colleges and high schools that make up most of the constituency opposing it. The Soviet proposal to limit the national teams to only two NBA players for the first few year, for the first few years was unanimously rejected. So, USA Basketball uh, asked NBA to supply players for its 1992 roster. Uh, the league didn't want to do it at first, and in early 1991, Sports Illustrated labeled the forthcoming American roster as the Dream Team on the cover of the February 18th issue. Listen to this goddamn roster. <laughs> at power forward at six foot eleven from the Duke Blue Devils, Christian Leitner. At uh, center, seven foot one from the San Antonio Spurs, David fucking the Admiral Robinson. At seven foot from the New York Knicks, Patrick fucking Ewing. Six foot nine, Boston Celtics, Larry Bird. Six foot eight, Chicago Bulls, Scotty Pippen. Six foot six, Chicago Bulls, the best player to ever play the fucking game and probably one of the best athletes to ever exist in the world, Michael fucking Jordan. Six seven from Portland Trailblazers, Clyde Drexler. Six nine from Utah Jazz, Carl Malone. Six one from Utah Jazz, John Stockton, one of the best point guards to play the game. 6'7", Golden State Warriors, Chris Mullen. 6'6", Phoenix Suns, Charles motherfucking Barkley. And goddamn, 6'9", from the Lakers, Magic motherfucking Johnson. Talk about (laughs) the best players to ever play the game on one team. They murdered. Murdered. The first game they played... So the Tournament of America results. <laughs> this is great. They played Cuba. They won by a 79-point differential, 136 to 57. Canada, 105 to 61. Panama, 112 to 52. Argentina, 128 to 87. Puerto Rico, 119 to 81. That they gave the best Puerto Rico gave the best go at it with a 38-point differential. The gold medal game against Venezuela. 
uh, they got to uh, the Olympic squeezer. Larry Bird shot 75% from the three. <laughs> mm-hmm. So in Group A, their game one was against uh, Angola. Oh, it was only three for four. That's not that. Right. They won one six. They beat them one sixteen to forty eight. And then uh, Croatia, Croatia was probably the second best team there. They played them Group A game two, one oh three to seventy. Thirty three points was the closest they could get. <laughs> Germany uh, then played them one eleven to sixty eight. Brazil one twenty seven to eighty three. Spain one twenty two to eighty one. The higher numbers are always dream team every time. Uh, Puerto Rico again, one fifteen to seventy seven. I don't know how Puerto Rico gets to play in the Olympics. They're part of America, aren't they? Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. Lithuania, <laughs> seventy six to one twenty seven. United States in the gold medal game. This is the so the quarterfinal was Puerto Rico, one fifteen to seventy seven. The semifinals was Lithuania, seventy six to one twenty seven. And the gold medal game was against Croatia, 85 to 117. Jeez. I was so obsessed with the Dream Team and watching the Olympic Dream Team games. And you didn't even care that they were blowouts. They were more fun that they were blowouts. Yeah. You, especially as an American. Um, the, the coolest part is... Uh, like the the legacy, like they they're probably the most dominant squad ever assembled in any sport. Yeah, easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bar- Charles Barkley said, "I don't think there's anything better to representing your country. I don't think anything in my life. I love Charles Barkley, man. He's a fucking man, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um." They all love playing together. Uh, I mean, who, how could you not? Coach K was yeah. the coach. Mike Krasinski. Yeah, I mean... How do you pronounce that? It's not Krasinski. It's Straczynski, right? But it's with a K. It's the guy who coached Duke. Yeah. I don't know how to... I don't like college basketball. They were... The closest of the eight match is was Team USA's victory over Croatia in the gold medal game. Croatia participating as an independent nation in the Olympics for the first time since the separation from the former Yugoslavia uh, briefly led the Dream Team by a score of 25-23 to 23 in the first half. By the end of the game, Team USA has pulled away and Stockton agreed to... Uh, <laughs> and Stockton agreed to a Croatian's player plea not to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Pippen and Jordan aggressively sought the opportunity to guard Tony Kukoc of Croatia. Oh, they had Tony Kukoc, uh, who was playing with them on the Bulls. So they were just fucking fucking with the teammate. <laughs> just having fun right. in the biggest basketball tournament in the world. He just signed a contract with the Bulls for more money than Pippen, who believed the team's negotiation with Croatian had delayed his own contract with the crew. Oh, so Pippin went, it was like, let's fuck with this guy. <laughs> Tired of hearing about Kukoc's talent, Pippin and Jordan agreed to, as Jordan later said, not let this guy do anything against us. 
and it was Jack McCallum, who's a, a friend of ours. We've Jack, we've uh, Jack's written a few com- uh, commercials with me. Um, he lives here. He teaches at Muhlenberg. He's a long time. He he rode with them and wrote the book about. You know, I, I we talked about have doing a whole dream team show and having Jack on, but we don't really have guests. And Jack, I don't think I love Jack, but he would get drunk with us. That's for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he described the two bulls as rabid dogs against Kukoc. Croatia lost to the dream team one hundred three to seventy in their first game. The only team besides Croatia to hold a margin of under forty points was Puerto Rico. Uh, that was something for me that summer. I loved and all seeing all the Columbia. Jer- I'm sorry, the champion jerseys. Remember how oh, big the merch, the merch, everything. McDonald's with the fucking gold medal oh. meal and the, the well, cups, the fucking jerseys, yeah. the dolls, the t-shirts, the t-shirts, the fucking starter jackets. USA basketball was everywhere. There was the team to mm-hmm. wear that whole year. Dream Team was yeah. just like a a phrase came, made up by Sports Illustrated, but they became known as the Dream Team, and it was US, USA basketball. But. It was a marketing dream, like yeah. that. And, and like for on, on FIBA's part, like you, you know, like their decision was like no one gives a crap about Olympic basketball. I remember. So let's let the pros in because. I, at, at this point, the Olympics are making you a lot of money, and it made them a lot more money. Yeah. All right, that's a dream team. Here, Squeezier, your next pick. There are times when an ordinary Super Soaker just won't do. Introducing the Super Soaker 200. A new generation of Super Soaker. Twice the caliber. Adjustable firepower. Double the impact. The Super Soaker 200. The ultimate water gun. Yeah, that commercial's a little weird. I, I, I think it was one of those things where they shot it and didn't have a proper name for it yet, or they called it something different, or... So that was also, that's a UK spot because it's tagged with Ideal at the end, which Ideal was the distributor for Laramie over in the UK. Mm. Um, also, uh, Super Soakers in 1992 were going for uh, four between 4.99 and 39.99 uh, pounds. So, I mean, the the Super Soaker 200 one filled up did weigh. Uh, 39.99 pounds. Right. Um, and I know I talk about this ad nauseum, but this was by far, I mean, the XP100 is pretty, or XP105 is pretty badass. Possibly the most technically sound super soaker of its generation. The 200 was my favorite, just because it looked so cool. It had a shoulder strap, it had dual tanks, it had the pressure tank. It was so big and bulky, and now I would like to actually just get one and hold one filled up now as an adult. I'm like, oh, okay, this is not that bad. Uh, but as a kid, like it, the, the strap, like it was just a you know vinyl webbing strap, and it just burned in your neck and like cinched into it. Uh, but it it was so cool because you you sling it over your shoulder, you go around with like your fifty. You know, squirting your friends, and you swing it around, you bust out the 200, and you, you adjust your nozzles, because, you know, you need, you need nozzle control on that. Your nozzle! Yeah, 
the noozle. And then, you know, and then eventually uh, that thin plastic white tube is weakened and uh, the strap is connected from front to back and it uh, snaps right in half. Hmm. Uh, sadly, it, uh, it happened to mine. And uh, your dad uses duct tape to try to put it back together, but uh, uh, it's yeah, it only goes so far. Oh, two point oh five liters of water. How much? What is that in weight? How many 2. pounds? Two point oh five liters 2. of water. That's probably 5. like seven pounds. No, not because uh, well, how much? How many liters are in a gallon? Uh, less than four, but more than three. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> hang on. Uh, all right. exactly. A gallon of water is eight pounds. So yeah, I said about four. Yeah, I was right. Oh, oh okay. I hang on. To why did they make it? No, from pounds to liters. From liters. Ah, stupid internet. To liters to pounds. I don't. I, not. Not disagreeing with you. Oh, yeah. Four and a half pounds. Yeah, like I said. <laughs> oh. Wow. All right. So I was a wimp. <laughs> I was a wimp. That, that, that thing weighed four pounds. Uh, let, let's add uh, one pound to the Super Soaker because it's the, the finest, thinnest plastic of its generation. So let's say it weighed five, maybe six pounds max. And I, w- I was struggling to hold this thing. It's kind of sad. Um, but yeah, it, w- it was super fun. And it, it, they say it sprayed farther. I don't know if it did. I think it was... Well, no, the 100 is first to have the, uh, the expansion tank, right? Yes. This, the 100 had the, the small 100 tank. had the first expansion tank it had the small tank in the back to to yeah. like i don't know how it yeah was. yeah i guess expansion it, it would fill up with air like air and water to help add extra pressure i i you know i never knew how that worked i'm sure there's a youtube video out there that can explain it to me but then i'm gonna end up watching some guy build a yurt in the woods behind his house sorry about that that's actually pretty interesting. <laughs> actually, you want to watch one right now? I just end the show with us watching a yurt video. Yeah. I haven't yeah. even done my second pick yet, so we got to continue. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I've talked ad nauseum of the Super Soaker 200, so we, we can move on and uh, just want to point out how awesome, awesome it is. Goddamn, pal. Rain, it's out right now in video stores everywhere. Coliseum Home Videos World Tour 92. Some tremendous matches never before seen from around the world. And this guy, The Undertaker, involved in one of them. As Kenny Loggins would say, this is it this Monday night exclusively on pay-per-view cable television direct from Wembley Stadium in London, England. Folks, it's SummerSlam 92. Be part of the action, the fun, the drama, the all-family entertainment that is SummerSlam 92. Call your local cable company right now. Uh, I remember getting SummerSlam in 1992. I was at the one of the heights of my wrestling uh, uh, fandom. 
and this was in England, and uh, the big match was a babyface versus babyface for the Intercontinental Championship. Bret Hart versus Davy Boy Smith. Um, it was. The guys, you squeeze. Yeah, I got you. It's one of those ones where, like, on all the like the superstars leading up to it, they're interviewing the Hart family and Helen and Diana, who's married to Davy Boy. Um, and who, you know, even though like Ultimate Warrior and Savage are going to wrestle for the WWF title for the inter this for the Intercontinental back when the Intercontinental title was like the workers' title and it meant something. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess it doesn't mean jack shit now, but uh, it was a good match. It was uh, uh, started off with two dark matches: Jim Duggan, the Bushwhackers, versus the Mountie and the Nasty Boys, six-man tag. Then Papa Shango, Papa Shango defeated Tito Santana. Those were on it, and it started. The pay-per-view started with a fucking bang: the Legion of Doom with Paul Ellering and Rocco as puppet versus Money <laughs> Inc. with Jimmy Hart for the for the fucking uh, I believe it was no, it wasn't the tag team belts, but they came down Legion of Doom. It was like Wembley Stadium had this, this huge walkway for the wrestlers to get down, and Legion of Doom came down on motorcycles, and it was so fucking badass that fifteen uh, ten, what a match uh, with LOD going over the pop was insane. Next match. Not so much. Nails defeated Virgil in three minutes fifty five seconds. No, I don't believe that. Uh, then the next match was awesome. It was a no hitting in the face match between the model Rick Martel versus HBK Shawn Michaels, uh, and it ended in a double countout. Um, they went eight oh six, and I love that match. Then uh, the Natural Disasters went over the Beverly Brothers in 10:30 and I eh, could have done without it. Uh Crush went over his former tag team partner, the Repo Man, in a singles match. Repo Man used to be Smash of the band the I'm not the band, the group de- the wrestling team Demolition and Crush was Crush of Demolition. Then in a singles match for the WWF title, Ultimate Warrior defeated Randy Savage by countout because they weren't going to let him get the belt in 28 minutes. But one of the best matches of Ultimate Warrior's career. Uh, and then a great match, 327. Undertaker defeated Ka- uh, Kamala with Harvey Whippleman uh, and Kim Chi by disqualification because they did the whole Kamala afraid of the coffin and everything. It was great. <laughs> uh, Tatanka defeated the Berserker and 546. And that was a dark getting ready because why they got ready for the the um main match british bulldog versus bret hart uh and it went 25 40 and and i guess bulldog from what i remember bulldog spent all night getting doing drugs and getting going on a fucking bender with with nine heart either i know and um uh he was like all fucked up and and brett just carried him right through the match and dropped the belt to him in his hometown anyway. <laughs> uh, man, what a fucking SummerSlam. It was uh, it was a good one and fun in England. And, uh, I mean, SummerSlam was always fun for me. This was a Monday night, but it didn't fucking matter because it was summer and I could stay up for it. So. Goddamn. No Hulk Hogan. 
Yeah, I was, uh, this was probably on my way out. I, I was probably, I just kind of. You're giving up? Not, not giving up, just uh, finding interest in other, you know. Uh, what was I doing? Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I honestly don't. I was, I squeeze it, we put it all in. Ah. Here is your next pick. of Gotham, a new villain emerges. You didn't invite me, so I crashed! From the rooftops of Gotham, the perfect enemy comes to life. I'm Catman. Hear me roar. Meow. And the only one who can save this city is a creature of the night. While she craves a romance she can sink her claws into, he plots a foul reign of destruction. My dear penguins, the time has come to punish all of Gotham! Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer. Above Gotham moves its greatest hero. Batman returns on June 19th. And they couldn't market a movie out of a wet paper bag. <laughs> just like almost like they had to shoehorn in, like, oh, and there's some romance ladies because you know all the women need romance in their movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I mean, what what did you have to say? You couldn't wait for this to come out. God, and uh, I I think the the glasses. Uh, I think I think the cups did a better job, and the Happy Meal uh, toys th- did a better. I job. I thought than when you said commercial. glasses, I thought you were referring to the uh, Bruce Wayne wearing glasses in the Batcave when the convoluted fucking uh, bat signal mirror situation went into his fucking living room, <laughs> and he's wearing. I'm like, why is fucking Bruce Wayne wearing glasses? It's not Clark Kent. He's got all those monitors, you know, eye fatigue. That's true. Yeah. So this came out. And June nineteenth, nineteen ninety two. I didn't see it till my birth. My dad took my dad took me. It was just me and my dad on my birthday to terminate. And he bought me a pencil that had a string uh, connect like a like four inch black string connected to Penguin's um, umbrella, like a little one inch Penguin figurine at the movie theater. But I saw this on my birthday. It's just me and my dad. We go see the Batman nice. movie. It doesn't look like it's for kids, though. It's right up early. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, it, well, it, it, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't. Like, I, I felt like the, the parents got all, like, up in arms and bitchy that it was too mature for kids, but it was PG-13. My, I, my dad didn't care. He he was no. on at the cable show in June in San Antonio, and he came home with one of the, that I, magazine. I still have it. Like, the program for the movie. You know mm-hmm. they used to make those. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it was like a magazine published just for the movie. I, mm-hmm. I have I have a copy of it. I could bring it in and show you. But I w- I like obsessed over this this magazine constantly. Like poured over every minutia of it. So excited for the penguin. He like this movie. I this I always brings me back to memories of my dad because we went to Clover and he bought me my first figure from the line, the penguin figure, which was just a repaint of the Kenner. 
uh, uh, blue and white one is, mm-hmm. and I was just so obsessed with it, and we were really excited to, to I was this movie was it meant everything to me. I, I uh, this was yeah. like one of the biggest movies of my life. Yeah, I remember I had the the graphic novel, uh, and like yeah, all and any merchandise that was available, I just I wanted to devour. Uh, but I had, yeah, I guess, from the candy kitchen, and I told the story before. From the candy kitchen in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, they would sell applause, and I had the plastic uh, penguin with the the soft goods cloth jacket over him. It was about eight inches tall. I have he's staring at me right now from my shelf over there, mm-hmm. and I was obsessed with this. I he was like my little buddy. I, it was like my teddy bear. I took him everywhere, and it was like this hard plastic. Like hollow penguin that had no articulation and had the soft goods jacket on. Like they, like he was a monster in the movie, and I'm like, oh, he's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always loved yeah. the villains. I was always a, a heel fan of the heels. Sure. Aside from and Hogan. I mean, it was just a, and I mean, because you at this point you had been exposed to the Burgess Meredith, Burgess Meredith penguin after the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this was like a completely different, like, y- you weren't expecting this. I'll show her my yeah. French flipper trick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it's like Ghostbusters. It had all those jokes and references that as a kid you didn't get. Uh, and as an old person. <laughs> when she's like, you're as- a big role model for a young person like me. He's such a pervert in it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I absolutely, I, I adore this movie. It's so much fun, too. It's just, well, you can tell. My favorite part as a kid was when the penguin got into the, the ride of the Batmobile to control his Batmobile. Yeah. I thought oh, that he, was like, so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you can tell. And they say they had fun making the movie. Like, it wasn't like a, a, a dragon. Like Tim Burton wanted to come back and he got what he wanted. Uh, Michael Keaton got what he wanted, which was $11 million. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I I I pers- I, I got I always you know go back and forth. Which one's my favorite? And you don't have to, but I I kind of there's like that keystone of Batman movies for me. This is my favorite. Yeah, this one's special. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think because you know I saw I don't I don't think I saw the eighty nine and I didn't see eighty nine in theaters. No, I did, baby. Um, I think I remember seeing it at my grandfather's on VHS or on beta, but I, I remember just, and, and I liked Batman 89 and everything around it. I had the, you know, some of the toys and stuff, but this, like, there was so much more, like, it, it felt like it was more of an event even than the last That's movie, why. Just because where I was in age and what they had available to you, but. That's why I'm so excited for the next uh, installment of the Batman. Yes. Like, I love Batman Returns, and I love Batman 89. I love fucking Batman Begins, but fucking The Dark Knight was incredible. The Batman mm-hmm. w- might have been the best, like, r- true Batman movie ever made, and what they do next is probably going to be fucking I, I fantastic. Can't All right, continue. I, I don't have to. Oh, all right. Here is my next pick. Speaking of Batman. Oh. 
coming to Fox, one of the greatest superheroes of our time. There he is, Batman. Fighting Gotham's most notorious criminals. Find the Batman and get rid of him. And saving the world from crime. Justice will be served. So every Monday through Friday afternoon, don't miss the excitement, the action, and the adventure. Batman Premiere Week begins September 5th on Fox. Ah, uh, Batman. So it's, it's September 5th, 1992. Batman, it premiered, uh, and it's still the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I counted it. And yeah. uh, I was, of course, the prime of my Batman uh, excitement. So I picked a few episodes that um, I loved. Uh, if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? Season 1, episode 40. Uh Really great Riddler episode. After being fired from his job at a computer software company, Edward Nigma seeks revenge on his former boss, Daniel Mockridge, as Mockridge consults with Wayne Enterprises to bring his company to Gotham. Batman and Robin get caught in the Riddler scheme when Mockridge goes missing after receiving a threatening riddle. As Batman and Robin pursue Riddler to a maze armed with riddles and traps, Batman needs to use his brain over his bronze to put an end to Riddler's tricks. I've talked about Heart of Ice, etc. I've talked about uh, a lot of them. Here's a good one. Almost Got Him, Season 1, Episode 46. It's Penguin, Two-Face, Killer Croc, Poison Ivy, and Joker all take turns describing how close they came to defeating the Batman. This is another Paul Dini episode. Mm-hmm. Defeating Batman. This episode highlights each of the iconic villains' unique set of skills when facing their common enemy. It, it, it's like you get a mini episode with each villain. Uh, with each uh, story. Uh, I Am the Night, Season 1, Episode 49. After Commissioner Gordon gets seriously injured during a raid, while Batman was busy visiting the site of his parents' murder, Batman falls into a deep state of depression and is consumed by self-doubt. As a city riddled with crime and injustice, Batman believes his efforts to be fruitless, and with the help of Alfred Robin, an ex-criminal who Batman helped turn away from the life of crime, Batman learns what he's really fighting for, hope. Um, and fuck, man. Uh, how, who, how can you not wear love? Beware of the gray ghost. Season one, episode 18. The return of Adam West to Batman playing the gray ghost. Uh, Gotham's under attack by a series of bombings. Batman realizes these patterns of attacks follow the TV show from his childhood, the gray ghost. Batman visits the show's has been actor Simon Trent for information. And he incurred Robin. Get me. The shark repellent bat spray. You're going to have to consult with Robin Batman to see how. <laughs> That's about all I have. <laughs> it's good, though, right? I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. The bat shark repellent. Um. So those are a couple of my, I just wrote, of course I have Heart of Ice in case you don't believe me that it's not the best episode of Batman the Animated Series ever. Paul Dini, genius, Bruce Timm. Um, and fuck, man, the tie-ins were great. Uh, the action figures, it was a great way to go from one of my favorite lines ever, the Batman Returns Kenner line to the Batman Animated Series. Kennerline, which they put a lot more attention to. 
<laughs> Here's your fourth pick. The toughest, fastest, strongest ninjas are headed straight for an incredible adventure. They're fighting an international crime ring. They're just kids. That's left the police powerless and the FBI defenseless. We should run. We should hide. We should kick their butts. Now, these three young heroes are taking matters into their own hands. Three ninjas rated PG parental guidance suggested. Now playing at a theater near you. I said that. We should run. We should hide. We should kick their butts. I, I burned that line to the ground as a kid. Oh. Oh yeah, oh constantly like you would. Everyone uh, wanted to be Tum Tum, right? Yeah. yeah. You were Tum Tum. I was Tum Tum. All I wanted was the uh, string, uh, the string can uh, phone like linked across the neighborhood. Oh yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Uh, which it's uh, impossible. They don't work. They don't work that way. No. But uh, it's it's fun to pretend. A string can phone from one can to another can works almost as similar as a record works. It, the vibrations of your voice go through the, and it, it only goes through a certain length because um, it's a bad yes. energy and yes. diminishing And it must returns. be taut. It must be taut, and uh, but there's a usually I think I think uh, wax they prefer even wax cover too like to increase your distance. Well, yes. But I think I've I correct he had his on like a uh like a desk lamp or like a boom arm. Right. And right? it doesn't yeah. doesn't work like that. No. No. Um but yeah, it's just it's a silly dumb movie that I was one of my favorites as a kid. I as a as a kid, you you fucking loved it. It was cuz Look, it was just it was fun and you lived vicariously through these kids. And yeah, then you went and you played ninjas with your friends, and yeah, you like the idea that a bunch of kids can take on a crime syndicate and the FBI and all that. Yeah, it's it's absurd and ridiculous, but um, you know, so it was directed by uh, is it Turtle Tob? Yes. Yeah, John Turtle Tob. And so if you think that like three ninjas is kind of absurd, uh. Well, I guess Disney is a kid. Okay, he did National Treasure, um, but yeah, he did uh, tell Three Ninjas. Then he went on and did Cool Runnings. Uh, he did While You Were Sleeping, which, ugh, but still, I guess it made a lot of money. Uh, the Phenomenomenomenon movie. Uh, then he did Instinct, uh, that Bruce Willis Disney the Kid movie. Which did you ever see that? Yes. I never saw it. Not good. No? Well, I assume so. Well, then he went and did National Treasure and then National Treasure Book of Secrets. I'm sure, that was great. Sorcerer's Apprentice, Last Vegas. Which one was that? Oh, that was the all the old guys going to De Niro and Michael Douglas. And uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I was about to say, Andrew Dufresne came into Shawshank Prison. Uh, and then, oh, he did the Meg, which I never saw. Oh, I saw that. I liked that a lot. I saw it in the drive-in. Yeah. I, I, you know what? That I might have, if I had the chance to go see it at a drive-in, uh, I would, because that sounds like uh, that's the perfect drive-in movie. It, it was really good. Nice. 
Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's just a fun, silly movie. Uh, Victor Wong, the guy from fucking uh, uh, who was he in Tremors? Uh, yes, right there. He was in. Was he in Tremors? Oh, Walter Chang. Yes, he would be the Asian gentleman in Tremors. That helps. Um, uh, what else was he in? Oh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. He was Egg Shen. Ah, yes, uh, great movie. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was just—it's a fun, silly kid movie that I—I I, my my grandfather, it, of course, he pirated it for us, you know, because that's what he did. And uh, yeah, my my myself and my cousins were like obsessed with it, and particularly my older cousin who was younger than. I forgot how old part we were, but like we were all that age, so like it was me, him, my sister, and you know we were like the the three ninjas. So it's fun watching, you know, just playing around your grandparents, pretending you're little ninjas. But yeah, all all those quotable lines is, you know, great. Sh- Goddamn yeah. good shit, pal. Yeah, fun. Oh, and there was Super Nintendo in it. Sega Genesis. When I was dead broke, I couldn't picture this. Sorry. It's all good. Every time I hear super... It's all good, baby, baby. <laughs> Tell you, that's what you should have just said right there. <laughs> ah, all right. Where all right. am I at? I'm at uh, my next pick. Oh, nice. Chris's room looks like a pig pen. Does it, Ronald? Well, it does need a little work. I'll help. We fixed it. Now it looks like a pig pen. McDonald's has something to watch out for. Watch. It's Nature's Watch Happy Meal with a bird feeder. Or this greenhouse with seeds to plant and watch grow. Watch. One of four fun toys with each Happy Meal you buy. Look, and we weren't even watching. Uh, So I'm talking about the Happy Meal toys that came out in the summer of 1992, Squeezer. Let's start with the ones from the commercial. Those were the Nature's Watch Happy Meal toys. This was kind of like the gimmick I talked about in 89, how they always did like a summer gimmick, like a beach or a garden thing. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to get kids to be somewhat healthy after feeding them garbage. <laughs> this uh, 92, May 8th to June 4th, 1992 Happy Meal had a, a little greenhouse that came with marigold seeds. A uh, garden shovel rake that had, it was like a, a, a double head. You could change the head from a shake, uh, a rake to a shovel. A, a bird buddy, which is a bird feeder, a small bird feeder. And a watering can, which looks like a hose with the noozle on the top. And it's like wound up, but it's just a watering can. And I, I had the, we had these. They were cute little toys and they're all right. But the next week came the toys everybody fucking wanted the batman returns happy meal toys mm-hmm. and these got complaints but i love them there was a batmobile that you pulled back and spun there was a bat ski boat with batman's bus sticking out of it there was a catwoman car where the tail wag doesn't move with catwoman sticking out of it and there was the penguin in his umbrella car with his bus sticking out of it you know and the the guy who tried to kill the firstborn of every living citizen of Batman had a Happy Meal toy. 
and I had these. I didn't have them all, obviously. I had the bat ski boat, and I had the penguin umbrella one. I only won the. I was obsessed with the penguin squeezer. Let's get that out of the way right here. Uh, oh, fucking yeah. zest. Uh, that was a huge hit for them, and that actually lasted a pretty long time. The Nature's Watch one, May to June fourth. Um, then the Batman Returns one, June twelfth to July 9th. And then July tenth started something we talked about in the show: the Michael Jordan. Uh, fitness toys, the fitness fun Happy Meals squeezer, which I had a lot of. You got the inflatable soccer ball, the the little stuffed football, the the baseball with the plastic, the little blow up basketball, the water bottle, the frisbee, the jump rope, and the the little stopwatch thing. It was your choice. Um, weird Happy Meal. I don't remember ever getting any of these. As a kid, uh, I you know it, it's hard to tell. Like I, I want to say I had I, I had some of them. I I like Michael was, Jordan, but I some it wasn't very memorable for some reason. No, but like you always there was always that thing where you can find crappy stuff. Like this frisbee can be anywhere else. That jump rope, you know, the soccer ball, like any kind of some kind of giveaway, you know. The next, you get something like that. That lasted, Michael Jackson Fitness lasted July 10th through August 6th. August 7th through September 3rd, they had the Hot Wheels Mini Streaks toys. And I don't yes, remember these at all. They were the little, like, plastic cars you put on the pump and, and hit them and they flew, right? They, like, they I hovered. love these things. So they now, were... Now, the, the Mini Streaks were cool. Like, the the big streaks were... Yeah, you've talked about the better, regular but... streaks on the show before. There was eight yeah. total vehicles... And they all were pretty much identical with their neon slash pastel colors. But they had the big Hot Wheel branding on it from Mattel. So yeah, it was the Black were, Arrow, really the cool. Blade Burner, the Flame Out, the Hot Shock, the Night Shadow, the Quick Flash, the Racer Tracer, and Turbo Flyer. And then they, of course, had an under three version, which was the Orange Arrow. Uh, it had wheels on the bottom and no launcher. Because they always had to have an under three toy. Sometimes the under three toys are pretty cool. Yeah. Then to wound uh, up the summer, they had their behind the scenes toys, which were very strange. Um, well, I have this pulled up here. Behind the scenes toys. So it was uh, uh, balance builders, which were these little uh, like puzzle pieces of guys you put together and had. So there was an orange one, and you had this stack the four others on top of it without it collapsing. It was Explore the Arts with behind-the-scenes Happy Meals. So then there was... I don't remember... Oh, wait. I never... I'm... This was this was back-to-school time, so we weren't getting any Happy Meals. There was... I, I think I had those plates... Uh, yeah, the rub and draw plates were like where you mix the plates and you you rub it with uh, underneath a piece of paper with your pencil and it makes an image. They had like yeah. a, a fashion designer sets as kids and like monster designer sets uh, to as, in a bigger scale, but this was like small ones. Then there was a cartoon reel, which was you put like a little uh, strip in this black circle and spin it, and it, it'd be like a living um, flip book. Ah. And then there was a rainbow viewer color wheel, which like lets you mix two colors and look in between to see what the color you'd get. 
I don't I didn't have any of these because I, I I'm pretty sure when it came time for back to school in the uh, Kelly household there was no fucking around which meant no going to McDonald's no um, fun of any time it was school homework you know and yeah, uh, they, they can they, ship you off to school. They don't need to appease you. Right, they they didn't anymore. need their built-in babysitter anymore. They had school to to babysit you. The the state funded one, and that was it. Uh, <laughs> there was a really cool toy launched early of 1992, the Mystery of the Lost Arches toys, which are like kind of like spy toys, and the whole thing was like legend. Um, the Indiana Jones and the. Um, the first movie. Um, what can I remember <laughs> the name of it? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders Star. of the Lost Ark. That's what it was. <laughs> Lost Arches. Then they had uh, Yo-Yo Yogi toys. Uh, young astronaut toys, which were pretty cool. Uh, then Back to the Future animated series toys. And then they went, finished out the season with Halloween pails, the Tiny Toon Adventure cars, and Cabbage Patch toys for Christmas. Man, 92 is a good fucking year. Good year for Happy Meals, man. Good year for Happy Meals. And I had a lot of these, so I was eating a lot of McDonald's in 92. It shows. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Here's your next pick. Snick. That's Snick. The Snickets. Snick's there. Snick here. It's sneaking out. Saturday night. Nickelodeon. It's Snick. Snick. We're gonna Snick. And you can Snick. It's time to Snick. Now. All the pickles, all the lettuce, and a double order of Snick. Snick. This week on Snick, take the four-step plan for self-improvement. First, explore true individuality with Clarissa. Second, settle financial matters at the Roundhouse. Third, identify those problems which originate in infancy with Ren and Stimpy. And finally... Check out alternative lifestyles on Are You Afraid of the Dark? You'll feel better in no time. So take a seat on the big orange couch and snick. Well, I already feel better. Why? What's that? From just hearing that promo. Oh, yeah. Isn't it? Doesn't it make you feel great? Like, it, uh, I, re- I remember, I, I remember snick debuting, and I remember, like, almost like. I think we talked about this before, like what Nickelodeon used to mean to us, and it, particularly like Snick. It and, was like, like you grew up. You had you, you used to have TGIF on Friday nights, but now you have your own programming, Snick. That yeah. Your, your this parents, is for you. Your parents might want to watch TGIF with you. They don't want anything to do with Snick. They don't get it. They don't understand it. It was no. for you. No. And and it, but it, they weren't dumbed down shows. Uh, at, at least to start, I'm I'm not. I, I probably made it through like the first like three or four years of it, mm-hmm. um, but like that that first like first two to three years. So your initial lineup, you got Clarissa explains it all, which is a really smart show, and like treated you as like a peer, you know. And then you got Roundhouse, which I loved. Roundhouse, mm-hmm. I thought that show was great. Um, and then you had Ren and Stimpy. And then, are you afraid of the dark? Which I hated, and I was scared, but I still watched it anyway oh, because it. it was awesome. I'm a scaredy pants. Um, and then, so um, I'm trying to think of what's the timeline here. So, uh, hang on, summer was around. Okay, so then uh, Pete and Pete replaced Roundhouse, and they kind of went back and forth because I think Roundhouse was actually 
record in front of like a live audience. Mm. So like their schedule was different versus all the other shows which are single camera or a cartoon. Uh so like that's why like they took time off and then Pete and Pete would fill the gaps and they kind of alternated back and forth. But right. yeah, your initial like five shows were Clarissa Explains All, Roundhouse, Pete and Pete, Ren and Stimpy, and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, and then they added in Alex Mack, which I liked Alex Mack. That was yeah, a me show. too. Yeah. All that. I liked all that. Alex Mrs. Mack Squeezer. was like on my way out, though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and it, it was one of the last ones that I was still like watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched some of all that. Mrs. Squeezer loved all that. Like, she... But that that's she's two years younger than me. You so like for me when she said like all that Cradle like, yeah. Robber you. Yeah, I know. She's like, you know, I love all that. I'm like, I liked it. I watched it from time to time, but I always my comparison was Roundhouse and I always go back to I liked Roundhouse so much more. And also you can't do that on television. Yeah. Dun, 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 you know, dun, like dun. when when that when that is your, your gold standard that's kinda it's tough to live up to. Mine was a little show called in living color. <laughs> well, the the Roundhouse was actually created and produced by Buddy Sheffield, who created In Living Color. Hmm. Or not? I don't know if he created, but he was a writer on it. Uh, I we watched In Living Color, uh, and then I got made fun of in seventh grade for not watching Seinfeld on Thursday night for watching In Living Color, and <laughs> and now I look back and like they're both were genius. But at the time, I was like, I got to start watching Seinfeld, and that's when I started yeah. watching Seinfeld. Uh, and, and that was a time too where like you can only like you could record something maybe while you're watching something else but you can only do it once now you can record like all your or you don't even need to record right. it it's all there but yeah that was a thing and I did I completely forgot there was a show so this this was I was pretty much out at this point but space cases it ran from 96 to 97. It was like a sci-fi show. It was really campy. Mm-hmm. And I, see, the thing is, by 96, when that came on, Space Above and Beyond had already been out for a year. Now you have this gritty sci-fi show that I was obsessed with. Mm. And then you have, I was already, I was watching Star, I was watching uh, Deep Space Nine. So like, at this point, yeah, I'm like 13 and there's all this gritty sci-fi that's out there. Like, I'm pretty sure Babylon 5 was going on at the time. Like, I, I loved all that stuff. And then when this came on, it was really kind of like... I, I felt like, okay, I've I've moved past this. Yeah. Which, yeah, I guess, you know, I was 13. Starting to, starting to feel funny things. You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, but that iner- initial... Uh, Summer, August fifteenth of ninety two. Uh, yeah, it was like, what? What did kids do before? I guess they went outside. We still went outside a lot too, Scoot. You yeah, said this still, last uh, time. Yeah, we did. We did. This is this but is like, the same exact shit you said last last show. <laughs> but it, it finally, like, it it was that sense of uh, not a sense of belonging. But that there was someone out there that was now producing things for you, even though you had Saturday morning cartoons and all that. Like it was, it it, it was timing too, like for us, because it was like that little period where like you're starting to grow up and you're maturing out of, you know, like some cartoons and stuff, and 
yeah, this it was meant specifically for us. Clearly, it was on Nickelodeon, and they know how to target to kids. But they just they did a really good job doing it, and it made it made you feel special. Hmm. All right, and that fucking stick stickly showed up. That's right. Here is my last pick. Tomorrow, when the Mall of America opens, there are going to be 270 stores to to look through. But uh, if that weren't enough, there are going to be 400 of them when this is all said and done and completed. And we want to show you what the shopping area layout will look like for the Mall of America. The four anchor department stores, Sears, Macy's, Nordstrom, and Bloomingdale's, occupy the corners. Those are the anchor stores. Camp Snoopy, of course, is right in the middle of all of that, surrounding the theme park. Three levels of shops. Now, there are lots of stores here, of course, but you can actually find things here uh, that you will not find at other malls. That's a question to ask. Uh, is it true or not? Well, we sent Sylvia Gambardella out to find out whether any of that was true. Question is, did you find anything like that? We found lots of stuff, Don. In fact, there are a lot of unusual stores here selling one-of-a-kind items. I was talking to a guy from San Francisco who was selling Tiffany shell lamps and a woman from Bloomington who is selling butterflies from the rainforest. Just two of the items that you can get here, you can't get at any other mall. Of course, that's if you shop around. My mama told me you better shop around. Mm -hmm, you better shop around. Mall of America opened in August 11th, 1992. Uh, so the twins and the Vikings, my favorite football team, moved to the Hefty Bag, their their stadium that they're not currently at, that they were at, and they left behind all this property, so they voted to make a giant motherfucking huge-ass mall there. I'm trying to find a list of stores for when the Mall of America opened. There was 330 of them, though. Wow. What stores were, were in Mall of America in 1992? Let's see if I can find this. I'm guessing a Spencer's. Its anchors were Nordstrom, Macy's, Bloomingdale's, and Sears. But I can't find... I, that's, all I want to do is find... I, like you could find tons of videos and tons of shit like on the Mall of America opening, but I was like, I just want a list of stores. There's probably a Claire's, obviously. There's probably Spencer's, probably KB. Uh, they filmed a Monday Nitro there when Lex Luger was. Everyone thought he was still under contract at WWF, and he showed up. Hmm. Goddamn mall. Goddamn. There's a. There was a Camp Snoopy. Uh, oh, they're they're hawking the video I just played. I'm looking at their food court. Oh wow, they got a nice charcuterie board. Where is this? Mall of America. Anyway, uh, the biggest mall in America uh, opened in '92. And 10 years later, malls would start dying. So it's only <laughs> fitting. I don't really have much to say. I just thought it was crazy that that opened in 92. I thought it would have opened way earlier. Yeah. Actually, I was kind of surprised by that when you brought that up. But 
All right. Well, that's it. We can end the show. We uh, we'll be back next week for sure. I don't know what we're talking about because we haven't figured it out. Uh, hold on, let me pull up a, a little count. Shooting from the hip. So next week is the twenty eighth. We'll have or the twenty seventh. We'll have a show. Then the third we'll have a show. The tenth we will not have a show, but we'll be back the seventeenth, and then we shouldn't have another night off forever. <laughs> Until we can't figure out our vacations next summer. Right. Um, but thanks for hanging with us. Sorry for the late upload that I forgot recording this. I have to pull it off of YouTube in the middle of the day tomorrow. Uh, but it will be up if you're listening on YouTube. Um, and we'll be back next. I am just brain dead right now, Squeezer. Do you have anything else I'd to say? It's, no, it's late. I am a, I'm a sleepy boy. That heat was getting to me today. Even, you know, I... Like, Text you, hey, call me at 10 o'clock if you don't hear from me. Um, happy early birthday, Squeezer. Aw, thanks. From Ish. Uh, Mall of America, highly overrated, he says. Decent aquarium, though. I remember the Bubba Gum Strip restaurant. And Mechanical Rat says, hi, guys. New to the live thing. Thanks for being here with us. Hi. Pal, even though we're, we're signing off. But uh, go back and listen. We had a fun show. Uh, we'll be back next. We'll be back. We'll be back next. We will. I can't fucking talk, Squeezer. <laughs> we will be back next week with more Rad Years podcast. I'm RK, and I'm Squeezer. Bye, everybody. <laughs>